Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast. We're back, y'all. I feel like we've been on hiatus for a minute, but it really has, it's only been like two weeks. Our last time on was when we interviewed Dr. Dre. Yeah, bro. Opens up other shit to happen. You keep pulling so many different directions and, you know, it happens. But we're glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of um, a lot of good feedback though on on the Dr. Dre discussion. People seem to like it. Really? It's mm-hmm. good. It's yeah, good. Good. I mean, that was a great conversation, man. And you know, he said he would give us a part two, part three. He talk yeah. about that book. I think I think I may need to get the book first before we have it. Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. I mean, yo, he may be. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't find his way somehow back into like radio. I don't know if you've seen this, but in New York, they got 94.7 now. And yes, sir. The home of old school. And I'm like, damn, yo, they putting together a roster. They got um Miss Jones supposed to do the morning. I think they got uh, Nick Cannon doing the afternoon or something like that. They got Mr. C. You know what's crazy, Sean? I can get 94.7 right outside my door. If I sit in my driveway, really? I can blast that shit with no, no scratchy nothing. It's crazy. See, yeah, see, I can't, only way I get this is when I get on 684. I had a 684 to get it. But, um, yo, it's, it's, to me, it's actually, it's, 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 the station was refreshing, honestly. But look, I, one of the things I wanted to bring up in that interview was that him, um, T, was it, was it T Boogie? Who was part of, um, T Money? T Money, M T Money, and Ed Lover were getting back to doing that, that type of, um, Variety of show with the three of them, but as a podcast, I think on the radio too. So I think, but Ed Love is on this, so maybe that's that's part of it. Yeah, Ed Love is on 94.7 also. Yes, sir. There it go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wanted to bring that up when we, we had the chance, but yeah, there it go. Yo, so it's just us today, but we got a lot of topics. I'm gonna tell people in advance some of these topics, you know, they probably they may be. You know, a week or two old, but we just we want to give our take because we have an opportunity to really weigh in on right. it publicly. So right. today we're going to be talking about we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Biden signing legislation regarding the PPP loans that extends um, prosecutors' ability to prosecute from two years to ten years. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that the, the MPOX outbreak that's going on. Don't want to say the whole word now. Yeah, we're going to give our opinion on Bishop Whitehead getting robbed at his church. Um, everybody knows or has an opinion also about Sesame Place and the, um, the characters and the discrimination. And then lastly, we're going to talk a little bit about Russia and China teaming up for a new global reserve currency. So let's get right to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden signs this legislation allowing more time to prosecute PPP fraud. What's your thoughts on this, Rob? Is Do we need it? Listen, man, the dragnet is out. A lot of these people been out here fraudulently. They give out a lot of money, man. In 2020, um, Small Business Administration, yeah, they identified 78 billion of potential fraudulent loans and grants. Paid! $78 billion worth of? $78 billion in potential fraudulent loans and grants. Paid to an eligible entity. So my thing is, all right, did y'all do any screening? How did people get all this money? Yo, it was actually... What was, what was the screening requirement? And then another $6 billion of loans and grants linked to alleged identity theft. Now, we can go, we can jump right into the past of it that one, but we need to stay here a little bit. 
But listen, man. I mean, at a time like that, this, this, those loans, the PPP loans, the paycheck, what's it called? Paycheck protected. For small businesses to continue to pay their employees. Yep. That's what that was for. Not for niggas to go on Tulum. You know what happened? No response, huh? When PPP came out, Tulum became the new spot outside of, outside of Cancun to go to Mexico. Out of, out of nowhere. To Tulum. Let me tell you something. If he's a in 10 years, a lot of niggas will be Yo, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of people that's going to get jammed up. The reporting of it was... It was, I wouldn't say that it was a rigorous application process, but couldn't be. It, it required, it, you know what? It required a lot of information. And here's what's, here's what's troubling to me. The information that they asked for, if you went to the link to defraud the government, you could have actually legitimately created a company. Right. You right. know, like, because they was asking, all right, we need to see um, your payroll, you know, for X amount of weeks or whatever to show what your actual payroll is. There wasn't just an amount that you requested. I think it was based on what your actual payroll was, and that's the amount that they awarded awarded people. Um, I, I feel like that a lot of people got roped into the the, the flashiness of what they saw on Instagram, and like you said, saloon, private jets, a lot of goofies, yeah, a lot of popping bottles, and all that, and people thinking that they were going to get away with it, and the reason why I think that the money was flowing so freely is because I feel like that the government was in a position where there was such backlash around, you know, supporting small businesses and may, and also, frankly, to be honest with you, they want to try to keep the economy afloat so they can start pumping all that money in to um to these businesses without having more discretion. So now here we are, we on the back end, and we looking at it after the fact, you know, and and I'm sure a lot of cases have probably been built on the strength of Instagram, like, oh, I see. You know, oh, TJ, TJ Money had a private jet. You look at, you know, his most recent photos, but before that, he had showing you how to make ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Driving a Honda Accord. Like, what, what's going on? But this is my thing. Where did all that money come from? I mean, I know we print money. Um, we all know that if you're looking for 78 billion in, in eligible entities, your son, you just. Yeah, you want money here, you go. But I think your 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 maximum amount you could be loaned was close to two million dollars. Then it raised, then it then it was a red flag that was just like, why would someone need two million dollars? Yo, you know something? Five hundred thousand, you was getting that? Did you you know something else? Did you hear about that the um the Lakers had got one for a million dollars? I believe it. They did. It was like public knowledge. It's incredible, though. The Lakers got one for a million dollars, and I think they gave it back. I think a lot of businesses were just applying, and businesses were getting it. Now, to me, what's really unfortunate about it is imagine if you did have a legitimate business that you were trying to keep afloat, and you couldn't get it. Because I remember when the first round came out, it came and went, and it was like people that were on the outside looking and couldn't get it so right I, you know we know where my mind goes to remember the, the um the couple that we interviewed hemp source yeah like yo what about a what about a, a couple like that that have they have a startup you know hemp business, business, and, and they're trying to make good. money and then they they take that hit the hit from the pandemic and they need that money to stay afloat to keep their business afloat pay their employees right you know and their operating costs and things like that and they can't get it but somebody else is over here getting the crazy Cuban link, 
you know, or, or, or Roly, or whatever it is, you know, like that. To, that to me is the part that's like disturbing and hurtful. And I don't, honestly, I don't feel bad for people who get caught up in it. Like, yo, to me, I always feel like sometimes when things are, are, are too good to be true, they just yeah, Yes, and like that became a thing with the PPP thing, man. You was able to get it. No, you was able to get it in two weeks. You had up to eight weeks to use it. And then after that final date of using whatever money you use, mm-hmm. then you had 10 months before you made your first payment. So people were living like, I ain't got to pay until when? Oh, yo, I, I can get this done, I can get this done, but nah, niggas out there flashing cash. Yo, they pumped, bro, they pumped so much money, though. Think about how much money was pumped into their economy during the pandemic. They billions of dollars in this. God only knows how much by way of the stimulus. You know, right. and it makes me it makes me think like what you were saying. You like, all right, yo, so where all this money came from? But yeah. then we got all these other issues in this country that people always talking about. We can't fund that. We can't afford to fund that. Or even the stuff with student loans. Like, yo, you can't afford to let go of student loan debt, but you go afford to to throw out all this money. And a lot of that money, low key, a lot of that money is gonna be forgiven. Like even the, the legitimate yeah. loans, a lot of that money is gonna be forgiven. You know, so the I'm, penalty, I'm, you know, the penalty is a million dollar fine of thirty years of federal penitentiary. Yo, well, well, if you're caught fraudulently, well, you know what? They gonna have a lot of dudes on the payment plan for the rest of their life <laughs> <laughs> to get that million. You know what I'm saying? If you're doing thirty, 30 years to pay that shit off, yeah, you might as well just cash it. Yeah, to get that to get that million up, yo, that's that's a crazy payment right there. A million, yo, let's let's let me do the math with that with that real quick. So a million. For how you call it? you said thirty years, right? Yeah, it's a million dollar fine and thirty years in federal penalty. <laughs> Woo, it's gonna cook somebody ass for. Yo, for anybody out there who ain't got their shit in the square, your, your, your joint ain't on level ground. Man, Yo, that's, that's about twenty eight hundred dollars a month for how you call it for thirty years, like yo. I'm not saying that dudes don't got it, you know, because here's the thing, yo, who's to say that maybe somebody didn't take the money and use it to create a legal, legitimate business? I mean, that's not going to change the fact that they're going to prosecute you and you still going to get to jail time, yeah. but maybe, yo, maybe somebody did. I'm thinking, what was it, one of these IG fashions, whoever was on IG said, I got a staff of 10, they take pictures. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a company that's on IG. I don't know, but, you know, for those who, who, who try to, you know, scam and cut things short, God bless you, bro, because they coming for you. They got 10 years to get that money back. Trust me. When they want their bread, they knocking at your door. Yeah. You know, I could put my business out there, but I had an old um, rental company when I used to live in Maryland. Like, like 2007. You niggas found my ass. Huh? It's like you breached a contract. I said, what? I ain't lived there in like 30 years. What are you talking about? But I fought it and I, I, was, I was forgiven. But <laughs> they ain't trying to get you both no, the they, 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 wanted, they, they wanted the last two months security and all that. Damn. Now, Damn. What, what it was, right, is that if you don't give them notice that you're leaving, they want you to give the month and the next month or something like that. So when I left, I just left. I never renewed the lease. I just left. I left one time. I paid my last month's rent. Mm-hmm. October 1st, the apartment was empty. I was gone. <laughs> so, but, but 
according to contract, which I was told of, is that you got to give them 60 days notice. Oh. So the one to, 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 to fill your apartment when you leave. And nothing, no, you know what I'm saying? Nothing has ever missed. They got to go in there and clean it up. Yeah. Cleaned up and have somebody come in. So, yeah. Literally. I mean, didn't, yo, didn't they catch um the dude from Pretty, Pretty Ricky with the PPP loan? Yes. 30 years, they get a million out of five. They're cooked. Make a song, go make a song with R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. So I think the moral of the story is like, yo, people who were probably sweating it out for two years, now you got to sweat it out a little yeah. bit longer. You know, wait, you wait. I, I couldn't imagine just sitting around waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, yo, damn, it's going to come a time where I get that knock in the door with a fed rolled up, snatch me up for this, this bread. You know, and who knows how much people actually got. Because would you, I, me personally, you know, like if people getting like thirty grand or fifty grand or whatever, like yo, do you want to deal with the consequences of getting a thirty thousand or fifty thousand dollar check? Who never got a fifty thousand, thirty thousand dollar check? Yeah, like I mean, yo, yes, but to, to me it ain't yo, to me it ain't worth it. That'd be thirty grand or fifty grand they could they could they could have back. You get a grand for each year, you doing jail. That's it, bro. And they gonna, they gonna have all the time in the world thinking about it. Damn, that Tulum trip, that shit was dope. A week in Tulum. You be sitting in the mess hole thinking about fucking Tulum even more. You said you went from, from, from Tulum to the tombs. For real. <laughs> oh, man. Switching gears, man, yo. So, the new, the, 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 the new hot button, the new hot button um, ailment or illness, and I'm trying to pick and choose my words carefully right. around this, is MPOX. Um, and the reason why I'm trying to pick and choose my words carefully around this is because I don't know if you saw recently, Rob, but there's like a lot of, um, there's like, there's, there's more accountability, it seems like, for people that come on YouTube and talk reckless now, like the Alex Jones dude. Is that the hot water? They jammed him up. Well, they didn't jam him up. They, you know, he got a, he got paid. He got paid for what he did. Um, for misinformation, they had the Tasha K lady. Um, so when I so I, I say I was to say that I think that you know I'm I want to I want to be careful about how I talk about this as it relates to anything that's conspiracy theory related because I just I just believe that um, that again like there's a lot going on by way of people attempting to hold folks accountable for stuff whether whether it be the truth. Or it be misinformation. There's a lot of eyes on the things that people are saying now. You know, some of the eyes may be government, some of the eyes may be individual entities. But people look at this stuff and they formulate opinions. Um, you know, around it. You know, so my my theory in looking at this is like I kind of feel that now we we sort of falling into this routine of fear mongering. Like I, every other week, I get I get some sort of alert about some new. Um, virus that's coming right. out and following the virus is usually uh, vaccination as it, relates, <laughs> as it relates to the virus, you know. And I, the reason why I say fear mongering is I'm like, I don't know if it's fear mongering from the standpoint of fear mongering that you should be concerned because these are the things that's out there and now we hypersensitive because we got hit with the pandemic or if it's fear mongering in, um, in terms of, yo, you need to be taking your inoculations uh, or, or whatever it is, but either way, I think that it's, just, it's something that's been created to instill fear in us as people, you know. And I think it's easy now 
to for us to, to for them to manifest fear from us based on everybody having had that experience right. that oh right. this is that could really really happen. You know, you you add that with a heightened sense of awareness, to me that's the recipe for disaster. So now when I see a lot of this stuff coming out, I'm kind of looking at it sideways with like a grain of salt. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what this is the new thing of the week that's going on. So I'm, I'm just a leery, I'm, I'm leery and I'm a little skeptical. I'm not saying that it doesn't right. exist, right. but I'm, I'm not fully sold on it yet. What, what are your thoughts about this? There the, the, so many cans of worms open up. This was, a, this was named a public health emergency on international concern. I'm hearing a lot of a lot of different things. Latest CDC breakdown, monkeypox is, is hit. Uh, disproportionately black and black and brown Hispanic people seem like that's um, what everything pretty much we always get attacked with shit. Um, let me tell you something, man. And, and all things need to be researched because when you when you look at monkeypox, we're monkeypox, right? If you dig a little deeper, this is a derivative of smallpox. If anyone was born before 1971, you've already been inoculated with smallpox. I wouldn't worry as much when it comes to that. But this is something that's that's hitting a lot of people, a lot of areas, so to speak, when you, when you watch the movie. I, I myself, because of the pandemic, I keep myself kind of in you know, not too many overpopulated areas, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Because something and you can catch and you can catch hepatitis C, you catch all that from be going to the fucking gas station in the pump. And I know no, not everyone wears gloves. On your front, you go up and grab that pump like everybody yeah. else. And then you go on and you might do your little sanitizer when you get in there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that happens. I mean, I hate to, for it to be a, a, a alternative lifestyle thing because when you hear, you know, it, it started with gender men or gay men or whatever. I hate, I hate for them to get that that lash for that. But you know, I think the CDC also mentioned on there the the the, the uh, this new thing about anal sex and and anal behavior. And you know, that can go so many different ways. I know this, this young world, their lifestyle, they're full of sex. They, their lifestyles are just out there. They're doing all sorts of things. Between OnlyFans and all this other shit they got going on. I'll tell you something, man. These, these, there's a lot of cyber thoughts going on. It's out of control. And some young women are making a lot of money doing this shit. I don't agree with it, but it's the truth. But just no one's using contraceptives no more. So I think it's fuck safe. I'm just going to live my life wild out. You know what I mean? And I heard I heard it said that now that monkeypox has become an epidemic, some young people be like, but now I can't have fun, meaning I can't have sex openly the way that I want to have sex. Damn. Listen, man, to each his own. However you choose, choose to, to play with it, dig with it, that's your, that's your business. But I think people should also always be concerned about your health and your safety and where you're going. We live in a world right now where fear mongering is happening. Exactly. Very rapidly. So, you know, I wouldn't jump to conclusions when you hear this is happening or this is an outbreak and this is going on, this is going on. Always take a look at the environment you live in. Like when a man told me, he said, Yo, Rob, ain't no scarce money. Look out your window. 
You see every UPS truck bus, everything is moving. So they got you thinking there's no oil, there's no money, there's no nothing. People are starving. Let me tell you the best way. My wife and I, we we we, we hear it about food shortage. We're fortunate enough to have uh, a membership at Restaurant Depot. Ain't a fucking shortage in that place. <laughs> nothing is short in us. I'm saying to myself, so restaurant community is a lot different than supermarkets. They got the same products and you see the same thing. But when you go to, I go, I can go to ShopRite or Stop and Shop and like, damn, why ain't no cranberry juice Let me go to Home Food Restaurant Depot. It's an aisle full of that shit. You know what that's about too though? Some of that, some of that is about like inflation, like driving up the price on stuff. Yeah. Tell people that it's in limited demand Right, drastically, which is a, which is another fear tactics. Now you got people running the store, grabbing up Lysol. Um, you know, monkey pox, chicken pox, anybody pox. There's one brother I remember. He was saying, Yo, "This, this is just uh, we're in the era of uh, bio warfare and chemical warfare. So just be mindful and hearing these terms: vaccination, inoculation, viruses." Because we're going to hear him for the next couple of years. He said they might even create some shit called the mouse box. You know what I'm saying? That's going to affect everyone who has road issues in their home. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. I, it kind of reminds me again, like the, the fear mongering, like, you know, and this, this may not be the best analogy, so I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance if, this is, if anybody feels this, finds this to be um, offensive. But I remember after 9 11, you know, as a country, we walked around talking about we on orange alert, we on whatever alert, uh, whatever it is. I don't know if you remember this, Rob, but that was a thing. That was a very real thing in everybody's life. Like, you know, we on orange alert, or spread alert today, or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, you know, and it, it created like a sense of hypervigilance in people because everybody was sensitive based on the events that occurred on 9-11. And I feel like that, that um, because of the pandemic, you know, some of that has been restored in us in terms of being on alert, you know, like, oh, you know, so so right. that, any little thing that comes up, you know, it becomes a CDC issue It's spoken about to the masses, it's in the media, um, you know, and, and, you know, I appreciate the willingness and the desire to not allow it to get to what um, the pandemic was. If that's what it is, if people say, you but know, we, I don't mean to cut you with but that's why I say, that's why I say it's fear moment because the numbers don't even match the pandemic. Yeah, it's, the numbers are, it's, it's like, since May, since the first case in May, there's only been about 6,000, 7,000 cases. 6,000, I think is what I heard. 6,000 6, cases. But you know why? You know what they? You know what they're playing on? They include in that. They're playing. They're playing on though. When when um how you call it? When COVID first came out, when we first heard about COVID, it was the same thing. It was like the numbers were small, you know, and it was like, oh, you have no reason to be concerned. So again, like that's what I said. Like everybody becomes hypersensitive, you know. And now it's going to be all right. You go to the, you go to the doctor when your kid is born. Like yo, here's a series of 127 shots. That your oh, kid kids out here, kids out here, with everything, son. Or whatever, you know. Oh. So I, again, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish the importance of it or say it doesn't exist. I'm just saying that how can we, how can we live as people, or how can we live as a society if we have, we're, 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 we're so hypersensitive 
that, you know, we move around where everything that comes across the screen has us living in fear. And I used to hear people say this a lot, and I, I didn't really subscribe to it so much, but I think about like when we were younger and we were more exposed to the elements outside, outdoors, playing, and the difference in our immune systems versus the difference in the kids' today immune systems, right? Like we were probably introduced to God only knows what as kids because we were outdoors and the elements doing whatever it was. If you were out playing in the dirt, playing in a, a lot, Flipping on a pissy mattress, whatever it is you were doing, you was doing. I got stabbed. I got I got poked with two leg pencils as a kid, and I stepped on a rusty nail, and I never went and got no shot. Mm -hmm. Well, now if that happens, you probably have to have 17 tetanus shots. <laughs> but yeah, I use I use that as an example just to say. Right, 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 right. It's so, like yeah, it's, it's an evolution and a nah. change in things, and I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily convinced that it's been a change. For better, you know, and I think I do think that it serves a higher purpose, like you know, like people constantly alert, you know, and there, there probably is another oh, agenda yeah. behind it. I don't want to over speculate on what the agenda may be, though. Just be, just be, don't, don't be hyper about it. Exactly. Be exactly. Be that you know, if, if the CDC or the news mentioned there's an outbreak in this, you know, be, be concerned. But don't don't be so uh, germaphobic that you know I can't I can't go here I can't because that's what you said you, you you set yourself up for panic and anxiety so when when you when that does happen or if it does occur or if it does become pronounced now your your your, your panic turns into straight shookness you don't want to do that to yourself man there's, there's a lot going on about this impact and just watch the, the 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 trend of it because you know here we go we're going into school you know school is about to be open well that delayed school how's that gonna happen this always happens right before flu season that's around the corner people let me tell you something that's why i said to people all the time man every 20 years look how the world is always a situation that's gonna throw you a curveball to have you even fear or away from what you've been doing. And the world today is awakening so much faster than it did 10 years ago. People are doing research. The fact that we got these laptops and these phones and these abilities to go look for information anywhere, you can't just fool someone. Can the devil fool a Muslim? No. You know what I'm saying? Because the Muslim are just some, we find out what this nigga talk about. You know what I'm saying? He did some research. They come to find out this thing. What is this? This is not what they're saying on TV. I'm reading it right here. Because I'll tell you right now, I did a little research on monkeypox. I think I went to the Department of Labor. And the Department of Labor, because they pay scientists in labs to, to, to mess with shit, this is a derivative of smallpox. Given, given to some wild animals, because they in them fucking labs. And this is, this is the result of it. Now, how it, how it got administered to the public, you know, I, my hands are tied. But, you know. You'll get that information soon, though. Yeah, we, we, yeah but these things, Ebola, all these things have patents on them. You got a patent on a virus. <laughs> I mean, to the point, I think they, they, don't, they, they totally were supposed to totally obliviate, how do you say that word, smallpox. Like, that's supposed to be done with. It's supposed to never saw ever again. But here we get this new one. They come to find out, 
there were still some vials left. They didn't throw them all away. He kept two of them. And now they want to mutate these. You know, you're living some, you want to know where your tax money going? That PPP loans. That PPP loan that is fucking you know what? So that, that's a good time. It's a good investment. Find out who's um who's leading the charge on the vaccination for it and invest in it now. Follow the money, son. You know you know exactly why it'll, yeah. it'll blow up or it won't blow up. What are your what are your thoughts about um Bishop Whitehead, you know, getting robbed of his church, man? I got I think I think I got an unpopular opinion. On this, man. Like, yo, my 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 opinion on this is like, yo, he got a lot of backlash, and people was on him for his um for his flash and for you know his his, his style and his jewels and all that stuff. Like, yo, I personally feel honestly that he to me, okay, so he has another situation that's much more alarming, where allegedly he took ninety thousand dollars from a woman that he would be helping to get a home. That to me is a lot more concerning than what he gets from his congregation. And the reason why I think that I'm not overly concerned about what he gets from his congregation is because I've kind of put accountability back on the congregation. Like you come here every week or however many times a week that they have service. You look, you see him in a Gucci suit, you see him with all these chains on and everything, but yet you still feel compelled to reach into your pocket or your pocketbook, your wallet, and tithe and give him money and things like that. So to me, I look at it and I'm like, if he's up there and he's asking for donations, soliciting donations, and you're giving the money to the fly guy. Is that is that not more so about you now? The thing that I hear people talk about is this man's humility. And I, I wonder, yo, Rob, I would ask you, like, yo, why is it that we, for some reason, we misconstrue or we believe that if a person has nice things, they not they don't have humility. Have you noticed that there's like for some reason there's this direct correlation? Like yo, if you got if you got a really nice car, a really nice house, some jewelry, watch it, whatever it is, yo, you not humble. Like how what? I don't I, you know and I get that even man and and because they think money. Some people think money uh, breeds arrogance and a condescending attitude. So. I'm above, or I'm above you, I can have this. Which is absolutely not true. This, but this case, this, this guy has enough of a track record that these questions and hold about what he's doing. Now, a pastor can wear what he wants. I've seen some flashy pastors. Yo, yo Rob, hold, hold on, not to, not to cut you off, but yo, we was growing up, what kind of car every pastor had? Cadillac. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And where they got that Cadillac from? So we are we acting like this is a new thing in 2022? Cadillac. But you know, dude, dude is rolling in a Urus Lamborghini truck, which is like, if you know the price, you know the price. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, man. And he got a lot of cars. But then a lot of his cars, you know, he had what? What he had, he owes a construction company forty k for work on his house, a credit union, um, a financing credit union for his Benz and his Range Rover. So he's already in debt. I think we do this professional part off. And what, what, and what way to use it by using it to be allegedly, happy. allegedly, allegedly. Okay, a con artist. <laughs> 
it now appeared to be allegedly a pastor. Listen, man. When you when you when you when you mess with people's emotions, when it comes to God, that's 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 a, that's, a, that's a tall order, man. Like, like like you said, you're up there, you Gucci, you Louis down, and you got a small congregation. Your congregation ain't big, bro. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you ask for during tithing is anyone have a thousand dollars? I mean, you're in the middle of Brooklyn. It's not like you're in an affluent area of Brooklyn asking a thousand dollars, but you're in a regular area off off. What's on the top of a Haitian restaurant? Yeah, his church, his church definitely wasn't. Uh, and I'm not judging. That's the thing. People are like yeah, you, you shouldn't judge. Look, I'm not judging. I'm just taking account of what I see, mm-hmm. and I have to come to a a, a, a a consortium of saying this is my answer. So I have to put some judging behind. I have to evaluate what I'm seeing, and what I'm seeing is someone who's just using the pulpit, as we know many a pastor to do to garnish whatever his, his his luxury and his lifestyle is. And he's using the Bible and the, and the church to do that. I mean, that's just that's just my take. Well look at it look I look at it this way too or whatever. Like the, the coins that he making is probably peanuts compared to like a Joel Osteen, a Creflo Dollar. Um you know, proves himself to be a great orator. Let me tell you the power of words. And you why you gotta be careful how people speak. People are great. Tonality and how to use words to drive you in. When people don't know the power of words and the vibration and tone of words, you can get sucked in by what people say. They do it, done it to me as a kid. You be on foreign road, they like, yeah, sure, you got 20, I got three columns. Before you know it, you know, gave your money playing cards in the middle of fucking VIM somewhere. Look, look, it's funny you say that though, Rob, because that's, I, I, yo, that's exactly where I was going. I think the difference between him, that what upsets people about him versus some of the other pastors is that the other pastors come across as much more polished than him, right? Like, so they have the physical plant with the mega church, you know, or they have what appears to be a much more polished ministry, for lack of a better word. But everywhere we go, you know, you go out in the street, somebody is soliciting trying to get money out of you you turn on the tv they got the dogs with one eye or whatever pulling at your heartstrings you come on youtube yo i turn on youtube sometimes there's dudes on youtube like yo um throw something in my cash app give me five dollars let me hold ten dollars give me 15 whatever it is like and to me i look at this and i say like you know as far as donations are concerned for me i donate to the causes that speak to me Right, so if it's a cause that speaks to me, I'm gonna vet that cause and be like, okay, if it's a place that's worthy of me giving my money to, I don't know if everybody else is going to actually go through the vetting process to see if this is a person or place or what entity, whatever it is, that's worthy of actually receiving your money. And I think that the people who are soliciting this money know how to work that to their advantage, right? To kind of for lack of a better word, manipulate people who, you know, who are good people who want to contribute, whether they think they're contributing specifically to that person's advancement, whether they think they're contributing to the ministry, whatever it is, you know, people put their faith in these people and these, um, these, these, these um, entities and all this stuff, and they think that they're doing it for a good cause. I turn that around, though, and I say that, at what point do we say to the people, like, you know, if you're going to this church for the last two years, 
and the only thing that you see improvement in is exactly and his jewelry and stuff like that like at what point do you say okay because there's nowhere probably the things that he's doing in terms of receiving those donations i don't think that there's any law that says that that's illegal and i'm assuming that he's ordained unless he's not a pastor and he's uh portraying himself to be a man of clergy or <laughs> whatever to, to get the donations out of people but i i think that we, we we need to do a better job of actually stepping back and saying to the congregation like all right we throwing all this money and this is what i mean about the optics like the people who go to a joel olstein church joel olstein's church i think was the old um joint where the houston rockets used to play so you would look around and you could say like all right we giving you know if i don't give my $50 towers this week, Joel Osteen is going to be all right. But if you sit in, in, in the heart of Brooklyn over the Haitian restaurant, you know, yeah, somewhere in Brownsville, and you coming out fly to the niggas in Brownsville. So, I mean, that, that, and that, that's always been an idea of mine as to how, you know, the whole um, Christianity and how you become a pastor. Listen, man, you gotta, religion is, is, is a tough thing when, when it comes to that, because you, you, you usurp the idea of God for so many people, but you don't tell them who God is. You just, you keep the idea that there's this greater power outside of you, that you must be on your best behavior, or that greater power is gonna ruin your life. Let alone, you're ruining your life as we're speaking now by how you're <laughs> thinking about yourself uh-huh. versus your image of what God is. But religion holds you to that and it keeps you coming every week. And you pay your tithe because there's a building fund or the taxes fund or the treasury fund. All these funds to, to, to maybe help the church um, build a pew or something like that. Maybe to get you know, the choir roles, there's there different Boy, things. Don't forget the roof. Don't forget the roof. The roof, the, the water fountain in the hallway needs to be fixed. We need the refrigerator. You can't forget, make sure the stove is working in the kitchen because we got to cook these dinners. I get it. But if if, if, the, if if the congregation in the home and the field of the church isn't, it isn't showing that, you win these suits, bro. What about the plate? Does the place look worthy? Are you richer than the place you're standing in? Mm-hmm. How you look better than the walls around here? How yep. you look better than what the bathroom looks like? Yo, Rob, yo, Rob. This is my speculation. I'm, I'm oh, hold on, hold on, Rob, Rob, before you go into that, let me, let me, yo, my counter to that, if I was him, I would be, well, you know, the, um, the house you come to worship in. Doesn't, doesn't need to be immaculate. I may need to be immaculate, but it doesn't need to be immaculate. It's about worship and praise. And that's semantics, man. <laughs> but yeah, what we you were saying? We're playing on words, man. And, and, and emotions. And emotions. And, that, and that's what gets people, especially in religion, all the time. That's when you have your diehard Christians. Don't say nothing about Jesus, the nigga will stab you. That's why, yo. That's in, why, in, other, in any other religion, you say something about. A lot of the wrong person will want to take your head. That's why I go back to though the, the accountability on the congregation because if you sitting around and you saying, oh, you know, research on this dude, son. That's what I'm saying. I was like, damn, yo, I'm really down to my last couple of hundred dollars. I gotta make this work. I gotta have a metro card to get back and forth to work or whatever. But I want to. I need to pay my tithes 
you know, because uh, the church need this or that or whatever. And you sit there and you look around and you like, damn, yo, the pastor got a Lambo, right. two rows, you know. And it's, easy to, and it's easy to preach prosperity when you're looking at someone prospering. That's like a drug dealer saying, look at me, son. You see this car I'm driving? Yeah, son, you can just take this back. So I just, you'll, I you'll like, get here one day, but take this pack and come see me at the end of the week. Yeah, I go back to, like I said, I go back to, I'm not saying that he's, you know, that I'm, I'm not going on a, a limit voucher for him and saying that, yo, he's up and up and he's whatever it is. I don't know what the man doing because I'm not a member of his church. I'm just saying that I would I would like for people to actually conduct an conduct interview with some of, the, some of his congregation and find out what appeals to the congregation about them going to see him. Because the same things that we see, Rob, from the outside, they see multiple times a week. They know that Absolutely. that this man is how you call it. But again, like you said, like playing on um, tone, emotions, you know, whatever the, whatever the cause is. And then I think that, yo, as, as much as we talk about like, yo, they're bad people, I think that there are a lot of people that have an innate nature to want to be good people and want to be absolutely and, you know and i think that those are the people that get sucked in to a lot of a lot of this stuff they get sucked in and then they become the people who finance these different things so when i again like when i hear about the pastors with all the jewels and the caddies and all that or whatever i'm like i guess the congregation don't have a problem with it when i go outside well i tell you this Somebody's congregation had a problem because they robbed his ass live on TV, and I guarantee it was someone like, "Pastor Fly, shit, son, what the fuck? Yo, this thing on my paycheck, and he's sure. showing up. You thought somebody, somebody was sitting in the third row of first like, mm, I seen that. I seen that. I was like, yeah, inside job all day. There was, there, was, there was speculation though that it was an inside job for insurance purposes. That's what people allegedly were saying. Yeah, that's what I'm like, inside job, son. The ush, those are the ushers that was in the back holding the doors of the Sunday, son. Yeah, Listen, I, I'm that telling was, you. That was right. too orchestrated for us to see that. Was it was a while to see? We're like, yeah, but I, I but, it's, but it's not. It is Brooklyn, though, though. It's not the first time I heard he was run up in a church. Robert, that, that's happened in Baltimore a couple of times where there's a church, a couple of churches I went to, security and Baltimore police were outside just as security. Like, dang, that's security. It is, bro, yo, it is Brooklyn, though. It is Brooklyn, so maybe somebody did be like, you know, plotting. He's from the area, too. He know everybody out there. Yeah. That's a crazy situation. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, like, I, I don't... When, when I turn on the TV and I see Sal, uh, Sally Struthers and the animals and, you know, feed the kids, the hungry kids in Africa and this, that, or whatever, I look at the stuff and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't fault them. You know, if I don't believe that it's legitimate, I look at the people and I say, I'm like, the fact that they could air this commercial means that somebody believes it and they subscribe to it. You know, and to me, it's like, those are the people that if you believe, if you believe in that pastor, you know, if you believe in the man on YouTube coming on saying, yo, I give me whatever amount of dollars. If you believe in the person outside saying, yo, play this three card Molly. If you believe in, you know, the person outside that's out there talking about they ain't feed their kids or whatever. If you believe in that and you want to give your money to those causes, then to me, it's like, fine, you gave your money to, to those causes or whatever. There's always going to be somebody on the outside looking at it like, yo, you gave your money to this dude. Yeah, I do. Seven chains on. That dude, that's serious. 
That dude is wild out. Uh-huh. Man, just, just be mindful. You know, you, you got, I hate to say it, but you have to question just about everything. If it don't look right, it ain't right. Your intuition told you something off about it. Would you, if you were a member of that church, if you were a member of that church, would you, would you be donating? No. No, let me tell you something. I was, there was one time I was so militant against church that I was really on my, you know, white man, this, this, that, the third, I'm not, nope, I'm gonna stay natural, I'm gonna stay universal, funny, I'm, I'm kind of back in that mindset, but I understand life a little bit more. And then one day I, I, I met this girl in, in Baltimore, and she was a Christian or whatever, and she would say, I'm gonna get you to church, I'm gonna get you to church. I'm like, hey, go I went. Next thing you know, you're like, hallelujah. Listen, I went, right? <laughs> and yeah, I told about the power of words. Anybody that's never been to church, go to church for the first time, I'll tell you the pastor knows and sees and he pays attention. He will come up with a word that will be designed just for you. And it make it feel because you've never been there. He's talking directly to you. Not knowing that they're about five million people with the same issue, whether it's credit, whether it's money, whether it's life and sex, it's things we go through all at the same time. We just don't, we don't communicate to know we all going to do it. And he tugged my strings, whatever, whatever, before you know it, the next week I was there, I joined the church. Down benediction, I walked up to the front, took the pastor's hand, went to the side, you go, go through the whole process. I even got baptized, bro. Wow. Right? Right there in Baltimore. And after that, all this other shit started to come out. About the pastor or the church? About the pastor, about his lifestyle, oh. what he was doing. And it's kind of a turn off because the lessons that I've learned early, even while you know uh, attending this church, he was using words like wisdom and knowledge. And I'm like, I'm privy to that, to that language, although it's not in a biblical sense. He but was a dog whistling you. Right, but if, but, if, but if you're encouraging people to be knowledgeable about the things they do, I can stand behind that. Because I know how important knowledge and having having a sense of knowing is. So I stood behind that. I used to always bet. I used to always check his words to see if he's grimy, pastor trying to get my money. I throw my little $10 in there or whatever. <laughs> I've got my eye on everything moving, son. And make a long story short, it was it was so repetitive that I conditioned myself to go out and it was days I'm like, I don't want to It didn't hold my attention. I don't know if that's because of you know how I was raised or what I you know what I learned over the years, but it didn't grasp me how I seen it grasp others. Like my my grandmother is a um, six, 60 year devout member of Burke Avenue Baptist Church. Wow. When you say anything about Jesus, you smack shit out of you. Mm. You know what I mean? So, but what I've known with pastors, people who are very oratorically gifted and how they use their words and how they use energy. And trust me, you will say hallelujah hallelujah in that bitch. <laughs> because everyone is having start to feel it's like why aren't I potential before you, you know what I'm saying yeah. it's, it's an energy in there 
and you can easily get usurped, you can easily get pulled in if your will is weak. Now that my will is a lot different, I got my own fullness and I'm paying attention. I'm questioning. What that mean? What that what that you can't give me a right answer, don't tell me go just believe, because I'm not going for just believe. So yo, so what was the scandal associated with the pastor? He had alternative lifestyle while he was he was married. So unfortunately uh, he was, you know, I don't know if it's a big in Baltimore, but then it was a heavy gay population. And somebody what happened? Somebody it was, outed it was like, him? It was like the download before the download in Atlanta down. So what, somebody outed him? Like somebody and Yeah, somebody somebody got got wind of him having um, an affair with a guy or one of the members of the church, you know, that type of thing. It got real he admitted it? He, he he didn't admit it, but he was like, you can't listen to everything you hear type of thing. But let's move on to chapter five. Of <laughs> it was very shaky. Oh, and, okay. and, and, and the crazy thing was that when you go, when you, when you went after hearing that, the congregation dwindled. Mm. Just a little bit. It wasn't as packed, except for like, you know, Mother's Day and all that and stay packed. But yeah, he started to lose a couple of people. I left because I was saying to myself, did I join this church because of this girl? Or did I join this church because I'm going to become a Christian? <laughs> and it was more, it was more of, because I was. Yo, you know, you know what? I guess, I don't know, maybe it's wrong of me, but I, I, I don't hold pastors in a higher regard than other people. I look at them like they're, you know, like they're just like anybody else. They have- Oh, you know, just like everybody else. Yeah, that they have imperfections, you know, yeah. like, and I know some people do hold their pastors, their bishop, you know, they hold them in a higher regard. They, but they, I hold, they, like, hold, you know, the they hold the Pope next to Jesus. Yeah, I, to me, I just look, I'm like, you know, this is a person that they, they're not perfect. They make mistakes and- Absolutely. You know, so I don't, I don't, I don't hold them in that high regard. And, and, and but in any regard, in terms of, um, you know, Bishop Whitehead, I, I hope you find out who got them jewels so he can get his get his ice back. Um, but if he did do that stuff to that lady with that ninety thousand dollars, like yo, yeah, that, who was that? Um, I had that written down too. That's that's that's, that's super foul. Talk, and it was something like the woman said they gave him ninety thousand over time with money for a house. Yeah. She wanted it back. He said it was too late to get See, I can't, I can't get with that. But meanwhile, meanwhile, he's in contracts to build a $4.4 million house in the Yeah, see, I can't, see, stuff like that, I can't, I can't get with. I could get with if he up there giving the word and people feel compelled to donate because they, they, they receiving his word. But I can't get with you taking a lady for her, um, how you call it, for her retirement money. And that's why I called him a professional con artist because you already have a history of identity there. Yo, did he run for borough president too? What's the borough president? I think he ran for. I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. But he, but, but for one, he has a small congregation, so I don't know how you get in really small stuff to get what. Because they're not tithing that much to you have what you have. So he's supposed to be a realtor on the low. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? That's part of his, his lifestyle as well. Or uh, uh, a broker, realty broker, something like that. It just, it just auto-connect. Because here it is, like you said, take this lady's money, she wants it back because she probably found out who you were. It's invested. 
<laughs> and you're about to build a 4.4 million dollar home. That's how you do. How do you go from the top of the fucking Haitian restaurant to damn near magic? Yeah, that's crazy to me. So hopefully, they need to do. Hopefully, hopefully the sister gets to the the, the bottom and get her book back. Man, this this um this has been popular in the news cycle recently. The um discrimination of the characters at Sesame Place is gotten so popular that now they're showing other amusement parks where other people in these costumes potentially may have demonstrated um, discriminatory practices. You know, I looked at the, the Sesame Place video. I saw that one. I seen one at Legoland also. Yeah. You no, know, and I think when you look from that lens, it does look fishy. Like, yo, what the hell? You know, yo, what's going on here? Like, I'm going. You know, you just tell me like Yeah. That um, one girl looks so distraught. Like, damn, she played. She looks very hurt. Like, damn, Rosie, she didn't say hi to me. I'm, I'm waving. Like, hello. <laughs> so now there's a lawsuit, right? Isn't there a lawsuit in place where this actually the parents are actually suing Sesame Place because of this? Yeah, Sesame Place had a twenty-five million dollar lawsuit against them from one of those videos. I think it's the initial video. But this is something that I'm hearing that's not uh, not new when it comes to us, man. Coney Island, also in the Brown Duke in the 20s, man. They didn't let us in there. As a matter of fact, there was a, a, a an attraction at Coney Island back then where they would use us as part of the attraction. It was called Hit a Nigga. Coney Island, Brooklyn, and, and, and the Bronx Duke for, you know, for other purposes. Even in the 1920s World Fair, they had the pygmies they were part of the attraction. Look, black people, just dwarf size. They were brought to the attraction. So this is these scenarios have been going on when you go to the Union Park. The Union Park, for some reason, weren't meant for us to enjoy. For other folks. So do you think? Do you think? Do you think this is a systemic issue, or do you think this is an individual in the costume issue? Um. Cause I'm waiting to find out who's in. I'm gonna I'm say individual in the costume. Cause I don't believe all those actors and those that are in the costume like that. I think it maybe one or two in there who try to, you know, because you can't see their face. And we, we and we all know those who who do shit and can't see their face because they wear hood. They know names or they know organizations. But it's the coward way out, man. To you know to deny kids, uh, you know. Just being a kid, man, and kids don't forget that shit. The little girls don't know. I remember when I was five years old and Rosita did not say nothing to me. Yeah. You know nope. what? None of these amusement parks would openly admit that that's their, their practice. None of them would. No. But, 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 but the reason why I say is the systemic is because is there something that's in the training? Is there something that's in the training that underlying is has some sort of discriminatory element to it. And I bring that up because, you know, sometimes people get pissed off, you know, if they're a police officer or if they're a teacher, that there are discriminatory practices that's in these institutions that's not specifically done by the actual individual, but it's just the design of how things are put together. Yeah, and they, right, they, right. they perpetuate it unknowingly because it's like, yo, this is how we've always done things. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know what their training is, 
but maybe it's a value to find out what is the training to become one of these entertainers that go out you know let's see let's see what the training looks like because potentially in the training there may be something in there that inherently may be discriminatory that the that the actual individual doesn't realize you know maybe that maybe the practice is like all right if you know after a certain amount of people you know you don't engage this one or don't engage people that that um that stand on this side or don't engage people that are that appear overly right. whatever it is you never know the policy is if that's the policy you follow the policy mm-hmm. yes we can't we can't charge you with being wrong but again yeah but again like you know so that i don't you know i'm just throwing this out there like to say like it, it could be it could be nothing in the policy manual that says that you do these things and like you said it could just be a coward hiding behind a, behind a costume you know that you they had a bad day or they have these feelings right. and this is their this is their way to inflict pain on people fuck and hide you. their face to throw i don't want to be i want to go home fuck you fuck you fuck you, you know nah, it was, was that was unfortunate it is just a starting home yeah it's supposed to be based on it's supposed to be based, based on all of it. But the thing is also like I heard something like Sesame Street itself, and I don't know how true this is, but Sesame Street itself actually doesn't own Sesame Place. Like Sesame Place is owned yeah, by another Street. entity or something like that. You know. I I I I know who. The irony is is it SeaWorld, maybe? SeaWorld owns that's right. right? That's no, but you know what the irony in this is? Isn't Sesame Street, in fact, like one of the most inclusive places? Yes, yo, let me tell you something. Rosita is the first bilingual Muppet from Mexico. Come on, son. <laughs> Teach your kids Spanish out here, bro. Come on, man. Like, don't do that. Not, not with the kids. Especially with the babies. The babies are impressionable. That little girl's never going to forget this. The kids are going to never forget Grover. Elmo didn't say hi. So even if Elmo wasn't even looking that way, they're gonna remember he ain't look this way. <laughs> yo, yo, but yo, that goes back to what I was saying, though, Rob, about people being, you know, the hyper, hypersensitive and hyper vigilance. Because I don't know if I did. I share the video with you. I think I shared it with you. With the um, they were somewhere, and Elmo was made it a point to show the other lady, like, nah, this kid trying to get your attention. Go address this kid or whatever. Because yo, now it's on everybody's radar. So everybody out there looking around, like, where are you really about to walk past? This kid without acknowledging right, right, right. it. You better shake everybody's hand when you get in the costume now. Now, okay, so here's my other thing or whatever, like, yo. So what do you say to these sports figures that go into the tunnels after the games and they only slap, like, certain people's hands? Like, certain kids. You see all them kids. That's always a pet peeve. kids begin this. <laughs> yo, that's always a pet peeve that I have, Rob. Like, I would see certain players go into the tunnel, put their hands up, and slap every slap fives at everybody going down there. But exactly. But now you look at it and it's like certain people. So how are you on the other end of that? If I'm on the other end of that and I'm a baseball player and I'm out on the field signing autographs or whatever, you know, and I don't sign an autograph of, you know, how you call it, me being a person of color, a white kid, are people gonna be like, yo, this is reverse discrimination. You signed all the black kids' autographs, but you didn't sign this one white kid. No. So so yeah, so like yo, how do they how do they mitigate something like that? How do they deal with that? You gotta shake every hand, sign every autograph, take every picture. 
you know, there are athletes that actually do that. You have the one that's like, nah, I thought I just bought a sweaty t-shirt out there. <laughs> Yo, I would never, honestly, in this day and age, I don't know if I would ever sign an autograph. I'd just take a picture. I would just lean over and be like, you want to take a picture with me? Like, you group with you like this. All right, everyone get in it. Bang. All right, got <laughs> Yo, text. It's on, text his, on his phone. Get his number and make sure he texts me. <laughs> Yo, I would just be like, yo, when everybody, we could get a I would do a picture probably before I would do an autograph. Now, so $25 million is the lawsuit. What is the $25 million for? Are they arguing that it's um, trauma? Like some sort of psychological Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I, you know what? I've seen it. It's, it's trauma and a couple of other Because of how impressionist children are, it's old. They don't forget that. Children go to bed with nightmares. You know, this might have been her favorite and you know, her favorite character watching Sesame Street every day. Um, and to finally meet her. I mean, some kids are terrified of them. Oh, yeah. I know, a, I know a child, I won't name him, I won't name him personally, but I was. Adults are terrified of him too. Your son, I was, I was in Sesame Place, and one particular child saw Abby. Let me tell you, you talk about fear. I've never seen a child's eyes wide, so whole wide. And the fear alone, the child shit on herself, right there, just stood there and shit on her. I said, Yo, hmm. yes, yeah. that's, that's some fear for your ass. Has, has SeaWorld released a statement yet? I don't think, have they? I don't even expect SeaWorld to even get, to get involved. You think they're gonna cut a check for 25 million? Nah, they 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 probably settle out. Here's yo, here's here's a, here's a lifetime they gonna, podcast. They gonna settle out with something. Lifetime, lifetime podcast. Yeah, lifetime podcast. To go back to the place that you got traumatized yeah, at. Traumatized. <laughs> or, or you just go to SeaWorld in California. Every time you come to California. Yo, they take these tickets to the place that you got traumatized at and go back and relive it. Gonna give, yeah, you gonna give them the bonus, the, the bonus package. Yo, you know what's bug though? You see now people dudes in the hood setting it off on like the fake low budget people that be in the costume. Like if you go downtown. Oh, the fake Elmo? Give it Elmo, hood oh, Elmo man. So Elmo and Dora getting jumped right now, son. Yo. Elmo, Dora, Big Bird. They, oh. And they got nothing to do with it. Like, yo, come on, you know. Elmo and Sesame Place is the right color. Elmo in the hood is a dingy, more of a dingy brown. Roll over rugs, But he, oh he gotta take, yo, he gotta take the beating. For I call it for yeah, good occupation. Gonna come for you, son. Like, you out here dissing kids? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> not giving kids no love, Elmo. Oh, yo, they don't. I don't know why they don't even try to make those. Maybe yo, maybe for copyright purposes, they don't even be trying to make those costumes look like. They don't look nothing like the original. They look lopsided, eyes twisted, be all flaky. Oh my God, yo, man, not to digress, but could you imagine if? Like Marvel, um, Sesame Street, some of these people who actually licensed these characters decided that they was going to try to file lawsuits or do seasons of this on some of these, yo, because people put on a costume or anything, you'd be like, that ain't Big Bird, yo, what the hell is that, like, oh man. 
Yo, so Russia and China is now teaming up for global reserve currency. And I wanna I wanna read a little bit so people have an understanding of this, right? Because it's not just Russia and China, it's what's called the BRICS countries. So we're looking at Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. You know. You said India? Yep. Yep. India, China, and South Africa. And I, I don't know about you, Rob, but I personally feel like that this is there's a direct correlation between this and what's going on in Ukraine and the sanctions that have been imposed to uh, to Russia. You Absolutely. know, the fact that China is you know China is is, is China is as perpetually competitive with the U.S. So I think that this is a good opportunity for them to become allies. With um, with Russia, and I think that this is this this really speaks to um, them trying to really decimate the U.S. dollar. They, they, they that's that's what their their goal is because mm-hmm. you know, after Russia bombed Ukraine, they sank they, they put the pressure on them. Man, I mean, the money that they had is like a third of their money they, could, they couldn't touch. They couldn't they couldn't do what they would normally do. So. They got with China, who is a big enemy of the United States as well. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that Nancy Pelosi was in Taiwan just recently, so you got that in it. Um, you know, the dollar's not backed by anything but debt. And we're three trillion in debt now. I think it's smart to use minerals as a resource to back their dollar, whether it's the ruble or the the ruble is um, Russian dollar, but um, to use minerals, and I tell people all the time, man, people see like these crystals, I wear crystals and stones and all that, let me tell you something, man, it's going back to the planet, man, Earth, and how important it is to value these things that we do not take value in. Mm-hmm. Um, even we may even need to look and in, in, in invest in, this, in some iron and some salts and mm-hmm. you understand know certain things because we're reverting back to that and the dollar hasn't been back since the, since our, our last last hundred years to be honest with you so we're just living off of pure debt well that, how will that affect America well Brazil India South Africa I mean they're the leaders of gold copper platinum. All the things that we probably do, iron ore, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Ore period, 80% of ore come out of China. That's why they build in so many things. If you, go to, if you look at China's inner, their, their metropolises and their big areas, yep. they're majestic because they have, they control so much iron ore. They can build anything the hell they want. What does America have? What are we sitting on that we can dig into our soil? And, and usurp it. I mean, California was laced with gold, but we're not. We don't practice that type. of thing. We don't even want to use the oil that we have here. You know, you know. I always tell people our biggest chief export is entertainment. That's it. And, <laughs> and that ain't coming out the ground. And what's crazy is that the wealth that America has is standing on gazillions of just value between oil, between diamonds, between 
all that stuff is here too. But American Eat, they're not on it like that. They're not on it like China. They're not on it like that. Well, you know why? Because there's like a whole bunch of, if you, if you think back, like um, one of the biggest subjects in recent years and like these presidential debates have been discussions around fracking and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of people, there are people that's for it, that's pro, and there are people who have a lot of opposition to actually attempting to tap into these um these natural resources on US soil. You know, when you look at it, but but the, the irony of it is you look at like some of the um some of the people from yesteryears that were big and made big money like the like the Ross Ross Perot's and people yeah. like that. These were people who tapped into all the resources right here, bro. Mm-hmm. And you we know, got tons of it, man. There's tons of it here, but you know, that's not the mindset of U.S. wealth. But the world's wealth is going to start taking notice because if they if they manage to um, create this new currency that rivals the dollar, then what? But then you know you got central banks that are looking to diversify other holdings and currencies and giving other countries like Switzerland an opportunity for their money to flow in, in, the, in the, the banking scheme of how money flows. Well, everybody everybody wants to do something, do some type of business with Switzerland because of their loose banking regulations. That's why anytime you start hear, hearing people talking about bank accounts, yeah, I got a bank account in Switzerland and, you know, Switzerland. Islands and Mm-hmm. Yeah, like offshore accounts and, and stuff like that. I just think that um, this, to me, is sort of like the, the repercussions of when the U.S. gets involved, gets overly involved in affairs that don't necessarily concern the U.S. Like, I understand the rationale behind being providing assistance to allies, but I also think that that plays different when you start talking about a Russia. Like, Russia, to, Russia's a superpower. Right, so when you get involved in providing aid and assistance to Ukraine, you know Russia. Oh, yeah, Russia's Russia's not like saying you know like going going having beef with Mexico, <laughs> you know. So there, there's there's gonna be like dust up and bigger implications as a result of this. Like you know, you start looking at um the sanctions that they impose. Like there's gonna be a difference in 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 trade and stuff like that like right. there, there's gonna be a lot of fallout as a result of this that to me the impact of, of russia and ukraine is gonna be long withstanding for years to come in right. terms of relationships right. um, for us and you know i'm not saying that the us is not doing the right thing because again like you know when you enter into these these peace treaties um these nails and different things like that like part of the deal is that you have to be an ally be a loyal ally and provide assistance to these companies, um, not companies, excuse me, these countries, right? You know, and stuff like that. And I think that they're fulfilling their end of the bargain, you know. And I think that this sort of separates where we, where we currently are with Biden versus Trump. I think Trump was kind of more so like, yo, we stand on our own, you know, it's all about whatever our own interest is, you know. And to me, there's value in that, you know, to only be concerned about what United States interest is, but the only thing about it is that the world is bigger than the United States. And there may be a day that we need to tap into some of these allies for resources also. So it's it's really important, I think, on how you go about managing those relationships. Well with all relationships, you know, like there's always gonna be again, like there there are bigger implications um as it relates to this stuff. And and to me like this this new global um reserve is like one of the things 
of China and Russia having foresight and saying like, okay, so this is what they're doing. This is what we're gonna do to combat it. You know, and that almighty US dollar that that people, you know. You just wanna be bullies, man, because even, you know, Gaddafi tried to do that, make the African Union where he wanted to unite all the African countries and he had the means to back his money with Adopt by the by gold. One hundred percent gold is going to be back by one hundred percent gold. We see how that is. I mean, listen, man. I tell people this: invest in minerals, invest in crystals, invest in these these natural resources that we use and don't take advantage of every day because they're going to be used. They're going to be part of our. Our, our, our lively history, man, how we move on forward. So, so this dollar's gonna get challenged. If you think about moving and traveling other places, they say, like, nah, we're gonna take the dollar. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, and you know something too, to, to boot, like even beyond the minerals, like China has the digital infrastructure also. Yeah. To make things happen. Yeah, it's a lot of copper. <laughs> Technology, son. Yeah, you know, a whole lot of Let me tell you something. Russia is is is, is what we we usurp fifty percent of our grain and wheat from Russia. What? We ain't getting that now. Yeah. <laughs> what? You mean? We got India. I know we probably do some business with India, South Africa. I mean, these are places that are lit. The litany of just natural stuff that they have that just get, you know, circulated throughout the globe and then niggas just gonna make a left turn around the US like, ooh, ain't fucking with them in this world. Yeah, so, so there's gonna be a lot of re- rerouting and rethinking of, of, of trades and stuff like that. And, you know, people may not realize that we've already been impacted. We've already felt a slight impact in the day-to-day when people were buying those cars and you know, not specific to Russia and Ukraine, but with the pandemic, when people were buying those cars and those cars sat on boats forever, or those right. cars sat at dealerships because they didn't have the chips and all that stuff or whatever. Right. So, what, what do you think is going? What do you think is going to happen? Like, not all war is fought, is, is fought with a gun, right? You know, like so actually, we're in a biological war too. Biochemical stuff is coming out very vivid, very on point about. Yeah. So, well, that concludes this episode. Um, it was good catching back up, Rob, and talking about these, these current events. And like I said, like some of these topics we know have been in a news cycle. There's like, a, it's like 30 more topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot. Yo, there's a lot going on. A lot on. going on. Uh, we got, we going to get back to our, our weekly routine, though, and get our lives going again so everybody can pull up um, and tune in. Any closing words? Shout out to my nigga Zane for one. Mm-hmm. Um, man, let me tell you something. For people to be aware, because there's so much happening, whether it's country, whether it's global, whether it's local, whether it's gender specific, whether it's religion, let me tell y'all something. Please, if you don't do nothing else for yourself, keep a great sense of love for yourself. Really take care of yourself. If you know your life is in a rut, it's a right to ask for help. You gotta sit there by yourself. A lot of people not, they're saying to themselves, I don't wanna be a bird. You keep repeating that to yourself. You 
are the very teeth. Ask for help. You gotta sit and wallow in the misery of what you're going through because what you're going through, there's 30 other people going through it, if not worse. So I, I, I encourage people <clears throat> to love themselves more, to, you know, just investigate what you got going on around just a little bit more, so you're aware just a little bit more, and, you know, and, and enjoy it the best way you can, because a lot of people are out here miserable, and they don't know how to get out of their own way, mm-hmm. but you're in your way, so it starts with you. The first thing you can do is keep a healthy love, a healthy, great idea. There you go. Peace out, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Salute. Peace.